The U.S. government lifts the nation's debt limit, plus a hotter-than-expected May jobs report. And will the Fed pause interest rate hikes? Your market moment starts now. Welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt here with Lee and Eli. Guys, how are we doing today? Doing great. Good. Awesome. Summer's here. Yeah. Yep. It's hot. I was out on the lakes this weekend. They were busy. A lot of boats. So Yeah, you, you fished for the entire weekend, didn't you? We fished pretty hard for a couple of days, so it was fun. And so fun. now your wife can go shop and do whatever she yeah, wants she's to Yeah, she's got a hall pass for a day she or two. Does. To go <laughs> she shop, does. Shop, do whatever she needs to. Cause, pass. Um, yeah. I definitely owe her for sure. She watched four kids all weekend by herself. So, well, I spent the weekend at Baumwalker. Um, range of emotions. Yeah. So. Played two games today. Recording this on Monday. We're hopefully playing two. Hopefully, games today. yeah, we got to win mm. the first. Yep. So, Eli, anything crazy going on this week? Uh, it, we spent the whole weekend on the lake. Nice. So it just lathered in sunscreen. Yeah, <laughs> it was hot. It, it you could it definitely was tell really it was summer. Hot. So. Big news over the weekend is President Biden signed the bill that would raise the debt ceiling and cap government spending as the U.S. steers clear for now of its first default. Uh, This came after weeks of negotiation between Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Debt limit suspended until the first quarter of 2025. So they they kicked the can far enough to get through the 2024 Mm -hmm. elections, which I think is important. Cap spending for the next two years in student loan repayments. Loan holders must begin repaying after August and the current debt is at right around thirty-one trillion and mm-hmm. counting. So as soon as I said that, it's higher. It's, um, yeah, it's thirty-two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so guys, initial thought: this was a big. We've had clients asking, you know, a lot of people conversation that this has kind of controlled the conversation for the last several weeks, month or so, a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. So any, I mean, initial thoughts other than just thankful they got they got it done. You know, it as we were talking about before we went on air, I wasn't surprised. Um, they they've never let it you know, go through a situation where they're truly in default. Um, I mean, it's just, it's, it's just Washington politics at its best. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, they could have avoided this. They could have done this six months ago. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they're neither side's happy. You know, I guess that's the definition of a compromise, but um, they did kick it down the road about a year and a half. So we'll be doing this again come January, February of 2025. Yeah. We have averaged, this was a stat I, I didn't know until researching for this podcast. We've averaged a debt ceiling raise. We've averaged 1.2 per year since 1960. Wow. So it's, not, it's something that it made the news and it was a much larger deal than it has been in the past, but we've averaged more than one debt ceiling raise every year. Yeah. I mean, it's always a thing. I'm glad they pushed it out to the past the 2024 elections i'm not necessarily thrilled that it's the first quarter of 2025 because whatever new administration and new i mean it's like they got to get to work new agendas i would not be surprised at all depending on how the election goes and who controls what like if we're right back here coming down to the wire um when that day comes around Mm because they're gonna have to get after it for sure so Uh, the bigger issue at hand isn't the debt ceiling limit necessarily it's just our national debt to gdp ratio, making sure that we have the capacity to service that debt continuously moving forward, especially for younger generations, that our debt to GDP isn't 200 plus percent. Well, and as long as, you know, we went to a conference that kind of talked about this, that as long as the the country and the economy continues to grow like Mm -hmm. it has been, 
then servicing this debt will never be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if there is a contraction Real of significance, down. correct. So it, you know, it made for a lot of uh, fodder for a CNBC and all the other talking shows, but it got done. The markets had kind of digested it all. Um, and they were like, okay, ho-hum, let's move on Yeah, to a, to a jobs report on Friday. Yeah. It, I do feel like, I know neither side is happy, but I feel like there was some compromise. I and mean, we capped spending, right, which you would have loved to there have been some maybe bigger cuts in certain areas. I know I would have for sure, but at least we didn't, like, just, you know, give give them a blank check and right. say, hey, keep spending freely and, and more and more over the next 18 months. So, you know, the one thing that we kind of touched on last week, but with the student loan repayment suspension ending in August. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Potentially. That is coming right around the time that they're expecting a Supreme Court ruling, which should come late summer, July, August. Um to determine whether or not Biden's ten thousand, twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollar forgiveness program is, you know, constitutional. So it'll be very interesting to see mm-hmm. what all happens here over the mm-hmm. course of the next two or three months with regard to student. That's a big deal because you know we've talked uh, in the last podcast or so we were talking about the the excess M two money supply that's mm-hmm. still in the system, the five hundred billion or so that Brian Westbury was talking to us about, yeah. and. That's going to be kind of working its way through the system at at or around the same time that some of these you know people have to start making repayments again. I mean that's that could potentially tighten up kind of the cash situation. Oh sure, could. for mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, and so it'll definitely be interesting to see how that affects people and spending and the, just the general consumer. I mean, you think about it. If you graduated from college three years ago, three three and a half years ago, you haven't made the payment. you have not had to make a payment yet. Yeah. Um, so that's in a well, good labor market when incomes were increasing. Yeah. I mean, now you've got the flip side of it. There's always the good and bad, but that particular situation around student debt repayment. Yeah. You could yeah. have graduated at a better time. <laughs> Absolutely. And interest rates were really low three right. years ago. So if you locked it in, you're locked in at that two, mm-hmm. three, four, five percent. Yeah. 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 So uh, still a lot to come on that over the next 18 months. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. So the jobs report also came out. So despite efforts by the F- Fed to curb inflation, U.S. employers continue to hire new workers. The May jobs report came out just a few days ago, and once again, it's better than expected. Non-farm payrolls increased by 339,000, better than the 190 Dow Jones estimate. 29th straight month of positive job growth. Unemployment rose to 3.7, due in large part to job to a drop in self-employed. Mm-hmm. So guys, labor market's still very, very strong. Um, people, if you want a job, if you need a job, you can probably find a job. Um, thoughts on this? I mean, this is what's been keeping everything held up. You know, everybody, even if inflation has been high, even if things have seemed to kind of get worse, the market hasn't been great. People have still had their jobs and they've still had an income coming in. So it's kept the consumer in a good spot. You know, this was a report that for the first time you began to hear some economists on Friday talking about a soft landing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I heard the term soft landing more Friday than I had in a while. And I think people are now coming around to this thought of, okay, you know what, if we do have a recession, I mean, we've got a labor market that is smoking right now yeah. that this may in turn be a fairly soft landing. You know, we're not, we may not see this 5% plus unemployment rate that the Fed probably would have liked to have seen. I mean, we're at three seven, you know, we're gonna have to see that's and that's a lot of people are gonna lose their jobs in the next six to nine months. Mm-hmm. And right now I just don't see it. Yeah. Um but it the, the markets loved it. 
Yeah, so. absolutely. Friday was the markets rallied, big mm-hmm. day in the market. It it will be interesting to see. Like you said, you don't see it in the next six to nine months, and it may not happen in the next six to nine months. But just like we've talked about many times on this podcast, I think all three of us can agree that we're all believers in reversion to the mean. And currently, the unemployment rate is much lower than what would be the average on mm-hmm. unemployment rate. So maybe we can stay at this for an extended rate of time, mm-hmm. one year, one and a half years. But I certainly don't think that we'll see the unemployment rate stay as low as it is right now. Yeah, I think if we could just keep it tight through kind of the economic uncertainty mm-hmm, and yeah. the unwinding of all this COVID-related, pandemic-related stuff, that would be really good. I think mm-hmm. if, the, if the unemployment rate creeps back up, after that, you know, if things have quote unquote normalized, it's not going to be as impactful versus if it hits at a time where there's, you know, we're still figuring out the interest rate situation, inflation, um, you know, the war situation. There's still like a lot out there. So if the labor market can stay really strong through that, then mm-hmm. it'd be a huge win. Sure. We, ha- we have flipped back towards good news is good news. Yeah. You, you know, that's a great point because, you know, three months ago, mm-hmm. six months ago, this number would have sent, sent the markets down Certainly. 700 points. Certainly. So, it, and, it, and it did. The unemployment rate, I think it was like six months ago, yeah. that it was it was str- strong or low, right. and the market went down because of that. So, okay, yeah. so, yeah, we were anticipating and needing bad news with hopes that that would control the Fed. You know, it was so flip-flopped on just, you know, and a company could come out. It's like what you see on quarterly, report, uh, quarterly, quarterly earnings a lot of times, right? You see the – I hear – questions from it on clients a lot like hey we had a good quarter but the market the stock didn't do anything or the stock dropped right and so it is kind of refreshing when you say okay good news market reacts positively yeah so you know and the other thing too two more quick things is one typically a friday when you have a big report coming out like we did on friday typically traders do not like to be long into a weekend Mm -hmm. you know they want to take some of their bets off the table and so it was very positive to see the market rally all the way really into the close going into a weekend number one and then today seeing a muted market on monday we're not giving it back we're not giving it back that's correct so you know there's some thought that maybe there's some legs not necessarily to this not necessarily to a the start of a new bull rally but just that okay you know, Some th- strength and stability. That's correct. And it was broad. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that all leads us back to a topic we've been talking about for many, many, many months. <laughs> the Fed rate hike situation. There's been speculation over the last year plus on when the Fed might pause its rate hikes. But it looks like there's a realistic chance um, when they meet next week. Since March 2022, Fed has raised at 10 consecutive meetings Former Fed Govern- Governor Lawrence Meyer says the Fed likely pausing rate hikes to gather more data, trying to balance goal of bringing inflation down to 2% while not crash landing the economy. April CPI report shows inflation at 4.9, which is down next CPI report due sometime next week. So inflation, you don't hear about inflation near as much as you did six months ago, right? And so I think there's a couple sides of that. One, people have just gotten used to higher prices. That doesn't mean we like it. doesn't mean it's fun, but we've gotten used to it and adjusted um, two, the month over month, quarter over quarter is not continuing to increase at the same rate, right? Inflation has not like come down. Prices haven't dropped, but they're not continuing to increase at the same rate they were. So I think that 
is a big win in relation to what the Fed's going to do, but we still have a strong labor market and some of these things. Any thoughts on what your predictions might be for next week? Well, you know, we've the, the word that we've grown accustomed to over the last two or three months is the word pause. You know, we've been looking for that. Well, the word that is now being introduced is the word skip. And so there's now some talk that the Fed is not going to pause. They're going to skip the June mm-hmm. rate hike and then do it again in July. You know, I don't know. But, I mean, there's there's that sort of talk out there right mm-hmm. now. There, there is a growing sense out there that one more hike is needed. Whether it comes in June or July, I don't know. But, you know, the data out there is pretty strong that, you know, they have ev- they have all the information and research needed to justify another 25 basis point. But if, like we were just talking, and I don't. I don't look at all the data the Fed does, obviously, and don't, you know, crunch the numbers like they do. But it, just looking back at what we were talking about earlier with the M2 money supply kind of coming to an end or most of it working its way through the system, the student loan repayments now having to start back up. Like if I was the Fed looking at some of these things and saying, hey, let's get through a couple months, a couple meetings to see how some of this impacts the consumer before we just keep hiking rates. Because sure. as we all know, you don't hike a rate on Tuesday and feel the effects of it Wednesday. And that we've had so many rate hikes over the last 12 to 18 months that a lot of those, especially the last six months worth, haven't really kicked in and been yeah. felt by people. And so I'm a huge believer in, hey, don't, don't commit long-term to anything. Just say, we're not going to hike right now. And if and when that changes, change it. But um, I, we've gotten so much into the game of trying to predict what they're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That you know, th- to your point, you get stuck on these words of skip or pause. Mm-hmm. Or, so and f- frankly, skipping for one month, I don't think that's a justifiable time frame. I think yeah. you should. The Federal Reserve should say, okay, let's pause for a minimum of three to six months. And see what all of these rate hikes. Yeah, what do. is what is one month going to do it, if you know you're going to hike the next month? You know, my, right? my my hunch, and I may be completely wrong, is my hunch is if they skip, and I put that in quotes, um, June, then there will not be another rate increase. You know, I think that by July, <laughs> enough evidence will have come out. The economy things will have slowed down yeah. enough. Yeah. So I th- I, I think could, if they don't raise in June, we're done. Mm-hmm. That's that's my guess. So. The, the interesting thing was a month ago, maybe two months ago, everyone was pricing in them cutting rates by the end of the year. Yeah. And that's that's starting to slowly shift yeah. f- farther forward that they're not going to cut their rates. Well, I mean, we're we're halfway, almost oh, yeah. halfway through the year. To say by the end of the year is... And there's no evidence quickly. out there right now that oh, no. <laughs> would warrant the Fed. Well, the, the I way. mean, the hope would be they would be able to get to a point where they don't have to make adjustments on a regular basis, yes. right? And so I don't want to get so far out over our skis that we're having to then unwind it. Right. And then the opposite's going to be true. So if they could if they could get to a point and let the economy and the consumer absorb that and just get used to it and get us in a more normal range, this idea that, hey, we can change this number, change this number on a constant month-over-month basis and it do everything we want it to do is just not sustainable. In mm-hmm. Correct. Like they can't control things as much as they'd like to think they can. So get us in a normal range, a sustainable, good, healthy range, and let's just live with that for a while. Correct. So. And let the markets and – you know, act yeah. normal. A hundred percent. So yeah. good conversation today, guys. Um, we'll be talking about what the Fed does ultimately decide here yeah. very soon. Um, so any parting thoughts or words? 
I think I'm good. That was All a good right. conversation. Mm-hmm. As always, we want to end with a thought of the day. This one's from Warren Buffett. We use a lot of Buffett quotes. As, as we should. As we should. <laughs> Pretty <yeah>. wise. <laughs> the stock market is designed to transfer money from the active to the patient. So typical Buffett quote, right? Yep. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you. what you got. And next week, we, we we should have Kathy Wood quote. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the polar just, opposite. Just to yeah. contrast the, the buy and hold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you listening and now watching the podcast. As always, um, I just said that. So we look forward to you joining us next time on The Market Moment. I was about to say the same thing. That was great. That was great. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC, Mach 1, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's value. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-onefinancial.com disclosures.